men are created to have, have significance is one of the d deepest drives in our heart. But how we define it, it will, well, that's what's, well, that'll mess up our life. Yeah, you know, if, we, defi if we define absolutely. it as being uh, larger, bigger, better, more popularity, more fame, more recognition, more invitations to speak, uh, more sales of the book. If you define sig your significance in that, you, you know, you're hoodwinked by the enemy and you're headed for, for yeah, a fall he, probably. He's playing. Yeah. The enemy yeah. is playing. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Seeing major church leaders walk away from the faith has almost become a common feature in the news. Many believers are left asking why, what happened. In today's episode, Doug Wellborn joins us to share his insights after years of counseling pastors and church leaders. Before we join them, though, we want to acknowledge that being a part of a church that dissolves or had a pastor step down can be very hard emotionally and spiritually. If you or someone you love is struggling with this, check out David Wilkerson's book, Have You Felt Like Giving Up Lately? It's available now as a free online audiobook at worldchallenge.org. We are able to make resources like this audiobook and podcast available thanks to the generous support of our listeners. Please consider donating to power the mission and make these works possible. Now, here's our host, Gary Wilkerson. Hi, Gary Wilkerson here on the uh, Gary Wilkerson podcast. Um, <clears throat> I'm excited about today's podcast. I think we're going to see some and hear some amazing things. Uh, it's especially designed for those of you who are in Christian leadership or aspire to Christian leadership or are ministering to people. And uh, we're going to be talking with Doug Wellborn today about uh, developing the inner strength to carry out the kind of ministry that God's called you to and soul care and some really good issues. And uh, Doug was a pastor for many, many years in uh, New Jersey and now uh, works part with, partly with the World Challenge doing pastors' conferences uh, all over the world and leading uh, very life-changing ministry there, and also then per, uh, personal counseling ministry with other pastors as well. So, Doug, welcome. Glad you're here, and looking forward to talking to you about uh, some deep issues, some things that are really Thank deep you. on the heart. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, Doug, I want to ask you about uh, more specifically now about Christian leadership, pastors, uh, leaders of um, ministries, missions, organizations. You, you, you have a personal counseling ministry for Christian leaders. You travel around the world speaking to hundreds and hundreds of pastors and, and leaders. Um, what are you seeing uh, overall <clears throat> taking place in the church? What would you say is the spiritual condition of Christian leadership today as, as you see it and as you're experiencing uh, people in, in, this, in the field? Um, I would say there's a difference between the U.S. and overseas. Hmm. Um, I would see in the U.S., there is still, though it's waning because the younger generation um, is not interested in the show. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, the the big band and, and uh, props and everything. I read recent. I didn't read. My uh, my nephew is a uh, a very high end um, sign maker. Um, he can he can do anything, and uh, he worked for a church. He's a, they're a client, and uh, they spend two hundred fifty thousand a year on signs. Hmm. And I heard that I just, you know, I told him I said that like, I didn't blame him. He's they're a client. He yeah. can, but um, it just kind of made me sick. But um, I just don't believe in that at all. So still pastors, a lot of pastors that are into that mode 
um, of you know building shows, uh, building edifices, buildings that are very impressive, and uh, trying to get people in to their buildings and to their uh, children's ministries, which are like Disneyland, you know. Um, I'm very, I'm very concerned about that. Um, I guess, in a nutshell, um, Jesus doesn't need that to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is that a uh, <clears throat> is that a um, is that symbolic of something going on inside the heart of the leadership? Uh, do, do you think there's a correlation between? I believe there is. And what would you say would be the inner workings of somebody who's, uh, you know, and, and, and I've heard you talk about this before. You're not saying like, you know, to have a good band is is, is wrong or to have a, a nice building no. is wrong. But if you're, if that's what's, if that's your energy, if all your energy is wrapped up around how good is our performance and how good is my talk, and you're not. You know, Christ is not centering. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, there's a, there's a line heart. somewhere, and I'm not the one to make it. I am not one of these guys, even though I'm doing it now in this podcast a little bit. I don't go around knocking churches. Or, but you are somebody who's seeing kind of under, you know, the you're looking underneath the, the hood, and you're right. seeing the, the condition of a pastor's heart who is striving, burned out. Um, I, I, those kind of pastors burn out bad, mm. okay, um, on a regular basis. Uh, a lot of them keep going once they're burned out, but they're ministering. That's when you see mega church uh, crisis, you know, mm-hmm. and because they're more famous, they become, yeah. you know, um, more in the media and so on because they've been burned out for 10 years so they have an affair or or they just the people begin to leave because they don't have the chops anymore um, because they are they're very 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 talented people some pastors are extraordinarily talented people mm-hmm. um, really I sometimes I'm surprised at the just the utter ability that some some to not only preach but lead mm-hmm. and uh, you know, way more talented than I am ever was as a pastor and uh, but they're it's you know they're relying on themselves mm-hmm. and in most cases they're doing it for themselves they're building a kingdom and uh, that is just contrary to the kingdom of God so though God is gracious and he will use those churches in a way, any way he feels he wants, I don't believe the, um, um, the basis of the church is from the kingdom of God. Hmm. That's a strong statement. I can't say that about every church, but I'm saying that as a pattern. And I think there's still a lot of that going on, though, um, some what would you say would be the <clears throat> if you, again they can look under the hood two or three of the primary things that you're seeing that are past the pastors are not dealing with the sense of like trying to re- grow a church or meeting their budget but internally what are some of the major struggles pastors are dealing with 
So when someone calls you, say, hey, Doug, really my, my issue is I feel really... The biggest issue I see is pastors that are not that talented hmm. trying to do what those other pastors are doing. That's the biggest issue I see. Hmm. And they try and try and try, and it never works. So why are they down the why road, are they, what, there's a church of five to 10,000, whatever, and they never get past 150, and they're trying the same things. Why are, why are they trying to do that? What do they want? They're trying because um, that's what's expected. That's what it means to be a pastor and be successful. And they're believing the um, ultimate lie of the evil one that life is found in this world which is completely a lie. Mm. There is no life in this world. So pastors use this world to find life for, from God, which is an abomination. My people have committed two sins, it says in Jeremiah. They have drinking from cisterns, cisterns which hold no water, and forsaken me the living water. So um, they're copying, they're striving to find their life in this world. There's people around them that are very good, and they're, and they're full of shame because they think life is here. And um, the shame is, is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And they're broken. They're nobody. I'm no good. I, you know, I, I'm a loser. Um, I can't preach. I can't. And sometimes they're right, you know. But um, sometimes they're, they're good pastors. If they would live out their calling, they'd be, in a, they'd be an okay pastor. Mm -hmm. yeah. But they're never going to have 10,000 people. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but they're not, you know, they're not following the Lord, and they're living out of this world, and they're copying others, and they're, and they're. For a man, significance is the highest need. For a woman, it is uh, security and and uh, safety. So. If you don't have significance as a man, you feel like you're dying. If you have it, you feel like you're alive. Mm. Just think in your own life, you know, if you had a promotion or something and they say, man, I just, oh, I feel so good, you know, or you get fired. It's like, I'm, I'm a piece of crap, mm. you know. Yeah. And uh, if we secured it, that's so important to men. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... Comes down to, to, I think it comes down to wrong. I believe it comes down to wrong definitions. That you, you're absolutely right that men are, men are created to have, have significance is one of the d deepest drives in our heart. But how we define it, it will, well, that's what's what, that'll mess up our life. Yeah, you know, if we a, if we define absolutely. that as being uh, larger, bigger, better, more popularity, more fame, more recognition, more invitations to speak, uh, more sales of the book, if you define your significance in that. You know, you're hoodwinked by the enemy 
and you're headed for for yeah, a fall the, probably. He's playing. Yeah. The enemy yeah. is playing. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about it. But the other end of significance is is much richer. Uh, it's more nuanced. It's more it's more difficult to 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 look at it and say that gives me that that fills that need for significance in me. And and that, that is it's being gracious to people. It's being it's being helpful. It's being uh, generous. It's being uh, long-suffering. It's it's being. And I would I would wrap it up, sum it up like like the gospels do with the law. Uh, it's fulfilled by love, and I think you know, <clears throat> you know, if, if I were to meet two pastors in a city and we were sitting around having lunch, um, and one of them said, you know, like like a pastor did to me, uh, we were in Brazil, and this pastor walked up with his entourage and has had had his these these hipster glasses on. And he put out his hand. He goes, "I'm the pastor of the second largest church in in our region." And I said, do you have a name? It's like, you know, he's introducing himself by his identity is wrapped up in his, his building and his, the number of people that he has in his church. And so, you know, I kind of know right from the beginning. So I could be sitting down at a table with him and another pastor who could tell me the story of a, of, a, <clears throat> of a teenager in his church who started using drugs and he walked alongside of him and prayed for him and counseled him. And six months later, that kid's set free, thriving, and now going to college, you know, that kind of, <clears throat> that, okay. That's he loved that kid. Yeah. That to me, that's significance. But we don't. Unfortunately, we live. Some of some of this is is uh, is is not our fault in a sense. And I don't mean to excuse our own sin, but we we are culturally inundated with this messages of of you know smell good, look good, uh, uh, have a lot of Twitter followers, uh, become famous, become rich, become wealthy, and that seeps into ministry too. And so our culture around us. And that's why I think it's different. Excuse me, it's different. When I first asked the question about the state of pastors today, you said it's you know America is one thing, and the rest of the world is different because I think there's a less. I see a lot like when I'm in Poland or uh, Ukraine, uh, South America to some degree, Central America more. I don't see as much cultural pressure to become right. visibly successful by measurements that are not that's biblical. Not, that's not their issue. No. Right. Um, I'm trying to think if I agree with you on um, it's not all our fault. Um, well, so, uh, here's what I mean by that. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so I, I grew up in New York. And when I was in New York, I kind of acted a bit like a New Yorker. There's a New York persona, right? Yeah, you know so I mean? did I when, okay. I when I pastored. Then there. when I moved to Texas, it was, I was in a totally different culture. I, I, I kind of calmed down a little bit. I wasn't so hyper. I, I went for walks. <clears throat> the culture affected me, and that's what I'm saying. I think culture affects us. We're, we're, not, affects we're conditioned, we're conditioned to some culture, degree by our culture. Culture is controlled by the prince of the power of the air is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay? So I'm saying, like, since I've gotten involved with this new ministry, I am more involved with deliverances mm -hmm. and satanic in, uh, issues than I ever have been before. What I'm saying is Satan is, uh, we're not fighting back, but Satan is fighting us constantly. Mm hmm and unless we get involved with that realm, um, it's going to be very hard for us to, to win this battle, mm. that battle that you're talking about, because it is so strong. The lie is so strong that's coming at us all of the time regarding what gives life, um, what's important. 
because I agree with you, and I am sucked into it just like everybody else is. Now I'm I'm older now, so uh, it's not you know it's easier for me now. But um, I will tell you, when I was in my third tw- late twenties and thirties, I was I was a sick puppy, man. I was like after. You know, I was hot. I was. My churches were doing well. My denomination, um, you know, they wrote me up. I was in their magazines, and I was all about that. And I was sick, and I was way out, mm-hmm. missing the boat. I missed the boat, and it took you know a hit up uh, a two by four, and I thank God for yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of the kindest. It was. It was. A, it was. It was a, my other big pain, mm-hmm. and I thank God for the to this day that He gave me that because I was a, what I can't say on a podcast. <laughs> um, so we, you know, we're under attack, mm-hmm. and uh, there's no life here, and we have to learn that. Mm-hmm. And the only way I know to do that is to wait on God. And I do believe in deliverance. I do believe people, Christians, have uh, allowed Satan to have footholds. I'm not talking, mm-hmm. you know, they're full of demons, but they've allowed footholds and uh, in their lives and strongholds in their lives, so that they, uh, you know, there's doors open for them to mm-hmm. to just be. Um, uh, really captured by the world. Mm, yeah, you can't <clears throat> you can't ignore the supernatural. In, in, you know, it's a lot of counselors. I found a lot that it's bigger than I used to think it yeah, is. I don't think you know. I don't think there's a demon behind every bush, right. but I believe it's a lot bigger than it, than yeah. I used to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think there's a there 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 are you can fall off the wagon on both ends of, of you know, over emphasizing the demonic or. Ignoring that it's not there, as C.S. Lewis talked about that, you know, right, in right. Screw Tape Letters, was, that's one of the great strategies is to pretend, get them convinced we're not here, uh, the d- demonic forces, and so. But that seems to bear in, bear, you know, because that's Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So you see that in, um, you know, as in this podcast we've talked about pastors, but before we talked about one one episode we talked about uh, pastors who are committing suicide, which is. Uh, is, is happening more and more. Uh, uh, pastors see, are quitting. The I ministry. am seeing uh, pastors quit more. Fifteen hundred pastors quit a month. Fifty percent right. um, of all seminarians quit before five years, and there is more suicides that are taking mm. place. So, yeah, and then you've got the. A radio station called me a couple of days ago and asked me about the Joshua Harris, uh, a well-known Christian author and pastor, who's first of all said he was getting divorced, and then he went on to say, sort of, you know, yeah, I'm not a Christian, uh, yeah, not a Christian anymore. And so you got pastors not only leaving the ministry now; they're leaving. You know, it's not necessarily new, but it seems to be, you know, and that's yeah, and that's that got to be something that was from just a shock. To yeah, me. it's got to be from the enemy. You know, that it's not just somebody who's. Uh, yeah, you know, just on his own, just kind of rationally thinking through things, or a pastor rationally thinking through whether I should keep my life or take it. Uh, they, these are d- demonic forces that yeah, right, I work, right? That. Yeah, I and, believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and so, <clears throat> your 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 message to these pastors then, you, as you're traveling around, you you preached. You were in um, 
El Salvador recently, and you did 11, you told me 11 sessions. Yeah, I preached a lot. Uh, what, I think, what, I what, think what are you trying to communicate? You know, since you've uh, invited me to um, travel, um, what I find is uh, most of the pastors, um, it's different in different places, obviously, based on what they've been taught. But <clears throat> number one, they're they're very devout. Um, some places are very poor, so they work a full time job, um, and and generally they're very sweet spirited people. So I can't say enough about how much I I love these people. God has given me a a, a tremendous love for these pastors. Um, I really believe it's uh, supernatural, but I, I really love these pastors. And what I um, find is what they are taught, for the most part, is a, we've talked about it before, they've been taught uh, moralism, behavioralism. Um, in some cases, it really is a legalism because it's, you know, out of the Bible and, uh, um, you know, you're bad, you know, you, we'll kick you out of the church and that kind of a thing. But it's at least moralism, you know, do this, don't do that. Um, it's the law, you know, basically it's the law, you know. Do, you know, you're good if you do this, you're bad if you don't mm -hmm. do that. And it's that all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. And in many, many places, um, they're very uh, forceful in, in the way they present it. Um, that's their style. Um, and they have absolutely never heard what I am talking about. Mm. So um, when I start talking um, and start to get into it, um, it, it's very often that many of them begin to quietly weep. Mm. Um, and then as I go along more and more... Um, I don't always give um, altar calls. I, um, I try to listen to the Holy Spirit on that. Um, but when I do, there's usually a good amount of people that come forward, and I have some great opportunities. And uh, their words are always the same. They say, you need to go, you need to come back, you need to go here, you need to go there. We've never heard this. You have to teach this to other people. This is the truth. We've never heard the truth. I mean, it's they've never heard the inner message of Christ mm. before, mm. and they're like, uh, we're, the recent this last time, it was like uh, some of them were like panicky, like they had people who worked in different places. You have, to, and they were like, you have to go there. I have friends there working, and you must go. You must go right away. And, and I, I'm not putting myself up. It's not. Uh, it's not me. Um, it's because you know the Holy Spirit is teaching them about Jesus, mm. and not about good and. It's not about good and bad. It's about life mm. and death. You know, are you living in life or death? And um, that's why it is so incredibly satisfying. I I can't think mm. of anything more satisfying. What is the What is the main thing <clears throat> if you could? Um, 
press it down into one one thing that they haven't heard that they're hearing now that's helping them uh, come uh, come alive is there is there one particular like if, if you could give your elevator talk on if you were on an elevator and somebody said well what what message is it that you're preaching just just from from either from your notes there on your iPad or from your heart if you prefer <laughs> I'm just going to give you the the only reason I'm I'm opening my iPad is just to remind myself of things um I give the first message, it's long, so I usually do it in two pieces, and I just call it the foundation. And I teach them that everything is on the inside, Um, which I believe. I believe that the whole Christian life is on the inside, and it's not on the outside. I mean, there are certain things. There's nothing wrong with trying to do the right thing, okay? But if... The the truth of the gospel is on the inside. It's not trying to be good. Um, so that's the that's probably the most important thing. Yeah. I think I really hit that hard. It's good. Yeah, Secondly, um, I talk about their identity, hmm. and that's also two messages because there's so much shame. Um, these men are so full of shame. Um, you know, they've been told since they were young. I, I don't know where it all comes. I talk to some of them and counsel some of them. Um, but they're so full of, uh, of self-loathing. And um, it just breaks my heart, you know. I mean, they're really heroes in my mind, but they don't think much of themselves at all. Um, and so I, I work, you know, work very hard to help them to see how much they're loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you if your if your identity is is skewed from what who you really are, <clears throat> you know, it just throws everything. It, everything. It, it, it's 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 the thing that drives people to build a kingdom for themselves. Like exactly. I feel like because okay, so I have self-loathing, but if I could just do enough that, for the kingdom, yeah. then, I'll, then I won't hate myself and I won't be hated. And, um, I, you know, I was looking the other day at uh, when, when, when Jesus said to his disciples, his friends, uh, and he says that he, it's, this is astonishing. He says, uh, you are the light of the world. And so basically what he's saying to these guys is you're brilliant. You Everywhere you go, you illuminate things. Just like you light up a room when you walk into it. And and if but if you read that through your own lens of self hatred, for instance, you, or for through through the law, the law will hear hear Jesus is speaking into your identities, trying to speak life into you, and you hear him say, "You're the light of the world," and you go like, "Okay, I'll try really hard to be the light of the world. Right. Uh, what? Give me ten laws, like ten rules to become this light you're talking about." And he's not saying no, become the light of the world, or try to be the light of the world, or huge, here's how you become the light. Yes. He's saying you are the light of the world, and and uh, others would say. You know, if, if they're self-loathing, self-hatred, to like, no, I'm not the light of the world, Jesus. You know, I, I know you're trying to be nice to me, but you know that that. And and then the self-help movement would, would you know, claim that ten times over. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Trying to convince yourself you are something he already told you. That, that, again, it's not an aspiration. It's not, and that's to me that speaks to Just what you're talking truth. about. The yeah. identity is, you know, you are loved. You are accepted. You are the light. Yeah. You are. You are forgiven. You are whole. Um, you are, and it takes revelation. I, you know, it I does, talk, yeah. I talk about um, the Ephesians where it says um, that um, 
we must be strengthened in, in our inner man by the power of the Spirit um, so that we might know the height and, and depth and, and, you know, so on of the love of God. Um, most people don't realize that they're, you know, we just take love lightly. It's like for Christmas and, you know, baby showers. But um, <laughs> this is a big deal. It takes work. God is doing work. Our our inner man must be expanded and bolded, mm-hmm. so um, we can't take. So I talk a lot about what it means to to embrace, to embolden and enlarge our spirits. Because we have raisin spirits, mm-hmm. because we're experts on the world, our souls, biblically speaking, our minds and our you know, volition and all that. We know we're experts at the world because we're in it all the time. But we don't even fool with her. So we have to build our spirits. And I talk about how to do that. And um, so that we will begin to be strong enough to spiritually to take in the, the love of God. And when that begins to happen, you begin to feel loved by the God. Nothing else matters. Yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It's like... That guy over there hates you. It's just like, <laughs> I'm sorry about that, but you know, yeah. that doesn't knock me off my feet. It used to knock my feet, me off my yeah. feet, but I'm like, I'm full, you anymore. know. I love that. So, and then that's that good. gives you identity. Yeah. You know? yeah okay. So. Um, wow, that's powerful stuff. And you have um, you have a book too. You wrote a, wrote a book. Uh, was it last year or? Yeah, I wrote a book yeah. last year. Um, it was published it, last year. What's it um, called? It's called um, Spirituality Unscripted. Um, don't believe everything you hear. In the book? Don't believe everything you hear in the book? or What? Don't believe everything you hear in the book? Is that what you're... <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Here's my book. Don't believe everything you hear. I probably you... <laughs> should <laughs> No, I like that. that. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Cause... It's, um, it just talks about these themes mm-hmm. in a um, kind of a free th- um, flow style but it, it talks about these okay and can how can people get it um do, do you have like a it's not on amazon right now um if they write if they write um can i give my can give an put, address put, yeah we'll put it in uh, we call it show notes so at the end of the as people are looking at the podcast they can see that okay if they write the 216 okay. hawthorne lane Barnegat, New Jersey, and uh, request the book. It's nine bucks, but if they can't afford it, I'll give that. Okay. I'll get it. Give Thanks. it to them. I love that. And um, then, do you have any slots left? If or any pastors are listening to this and they feel like they could use a little bit of help, is there any? Is there any? Uh, can we put your um, email uh, in the show notes as well so people could look at your email and contact you. Do you have any openings for any pastoral counseling that you might be doing? I have some. Okay. Um, I do phone counseling. Um, I, you know, I live right now. I, I will be living out here in uh, Colorado at, at some point soon. Um, but right now I live on the Jersey Shore uh, my email is douglas.wellborn at gmail.com. Um, so if you're from around the country and you would like 
to just talk a little bit or you want to talk about more serious things, um, I'm very happy. I don't charge. Um, I'm a missionary in that regard. I'm funded. So it won't even cost you. Um, if you're in the Jersey area, you can call me and we can get together. So, excellent. I'd be happy to yeah. chat with you. I appreciate so. you offering that, Doug. Thanks for taking the time. You flew in from Jersey to be with us here today. I uh, spoke to our staff this morning and uh, uh, shared on this podcast. So, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate being with you and uh, the work you're doing around the around the world and helping people keep keep up the good work, man. Thank you, Gary, for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh-huh. Thanks, Doug. God offers us freedom from the pressures and hollow promises of culture, but finding our way out of that mindset can feel challenging. Community and good friends will remind us that God's word satisfies and will never fail. Our Father calls us to be free from earthly standards, to be foolish in the eyes of the world, and find heavenly wisdom. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound design for this episode by Mike Hallsmith. This episode was written by Rachel Schmitz. Our producer is Chris Wickington, with video production by Aaron Gale. World Challenge is incredibly thankful for the support we receive from many people across the country who believe in our mission. We are able to continue creating resources like this podcast because of donations from listeners like you. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson podcast for more encouragement in your Christian walk. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.